The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Everybody and welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11 Recap here on Reality TV Rehapups. My name is Mike Bloom, back, back, back again for my temporary paternity leave uh, as I sashay away temporarily from my lovely son, Asher James Bloom, to talk about the final stretch of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. I'm so excited to talk about it with this particular group of people. We have queens everywhere this week. Kilimanjaro, Space Tornado. RuPaul, I don't understand what you mean by that, but that's totally okay. We're going to talk through everything with the top five as it goes down to a top four to finish off the season. First, let me welcome in somebody who has been holding down the fort so well across all podcasts, basically, the past couple of weeks. Leona Boris. Leona, how are you? I'm good. Yes, Mike is back. Uh, so things feel at least closer to, to right with the world. Uh, but I'm just here to be the little John type hype man. I can get back into that role because I feel like much like Vanji, that suits me. So, oh, yeah. I those... Nope, that was Rick Devins. <laughs> That's a cool aid man. I take it back. Nope, all cred. I'm like Brooke here. Okay, bitch, I'm white. Like well, Leona, your grills, I think, are sort of impeding the way you're speaking. So maybe that's why you're, you're sort of uh, conflating the two. That's right. Exactly. Yes. I'm I'm very a fan of, of my girls. You should see them. They're so shiny. Well, I am pumped beyond belief to welcome in this, speaking of shiny, this effervescent individual to the Rucap. You know her from her tenure on Survivor David versus Goliath, but she is a drag race tried and true fan as well. Gabby Pascuzzi, welcome to the Rucap. How you doing? Oh, hello. Thank you for that intro. That was so nice. Of course. So I, I'll admit, maybe this is due to my own ignorance, but I'll admit, Gabby, until this season, I did not realize you were a Drag Race fan, which I was delighted to find out. And I know Leon and I were working to sort of get you on in some sort of way, shape or form. Can you just give us a brief uh, resume, as it were? What, when did you get involved <laughs> in the show? What are some of your favorite queens, etc.? Oh my gosh. Okay. So the reason you probably have not known is I'm a relatively new fan. Okay. So only in the past couple seasons have I started watching, but, and I, this is kind of what happened with me with Survivor too. I always tend to join shows on like an all-stars or returning player season. And then I'm like, Oh, I like this. I'm going to go back and watch some old ones. So I haven't gotten a chance to binge drag race yet, but I am very excited to be a newer fan and I've been loving this season so much. So you started, so you started watching during all stars four. 
is yes. uh, is when you got on. Okay, that's cool. I mean, that's fun. I think the the cool part about RuPaul's Drag Race is now that it's moved to VH1 and new fans are discovering the show, and it, it's always really nice to like hear takes of people who are are just discovering. Like, there's there's nothing wrong or bad about that. Like, yeah. it's really great to have that opinion as well. And once upon a time, I was someone who like started watching that came in binge a bunch of seasons right before All Stars 2. So at Gabby, I'm totally in the same boat as you. And I'm very glad that All Stars 4 brought you aboard, because I'll be honest, if you had tried a year earlier, I don't know if we'd be on this podcast right now together if you had watched All Stars 3 as your first drag race season. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'll be taking um, rankings and suggestions afterwards. But yeah, I'm also very lucky to have moved to D.C. where I have a lot of friends who watch regularly and have included me in their community of people who watch. So it's been a lot of fun to watch at bars where there are queens hosting. And yeah, I'm really just trying to learn about it as well and have just really enjoyed it. So given that we're about to near the end of season 11, granted the fast past couple of weeks, I think might have a bit of a different tune from the rest of the season. But I guess as a culmination, what have been your thoughts about season 11, considering that this is your first, you know, OG drag race season where it's, I would say all new queens, but we're about to talk about the elimination of technically a returning queen this season. Yes. Um, I have really, really been enjoying it. Um, I, I am. Can I talk about my favorites already? (laughs) I already want to jump in. I, I am obsessed with Evie and it doesn't hurt that she is from Denver, which is where I used to live. So I'm super jealous. Actually, I have friends that have been going to viewing parties in Denver and Evie has made appearances and apparently she's like so nice in person too. So I just, I really love the personality of so many of the Queens this season, which I feel like, to me, sometimes that matters more than than a look or how they do on a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I think like most reality shows, if you can find somebody who you really connect with, you know, be it the, a personality or maybe you do like their look, but I think especially the personality, you really care about them and you root for them. You sort of have this emotional investment in that person. And so for you to find that in Evie, I think is really cool. Like for me, that person was ended up being Nina West this season, although I do love Evie as well. Uh, but it, it gives you sort of like emotional stakes, <laughs> I guess, Yeah, like make you really care and you know want to see what happens next oh, i loved i loved nina too and i i just loved like the message that she brought to the show and everything too so i'm with you there yeah and i i mean i think that's one of the reasons why the show was really successful in my opinion is because one of the reasons why it took me a long time to get into the show personally gabby i don't know if the same thing as you is because I'm not someone who constantly touches the drag community. You know, I'm someone who has always sort of regarded it from a bit of a, a, a faraway vantage point, vanji point, if you will. But <laughs> watching this show made me realize like, oh, yeah, these people who kind of dress outlandishly and behave a bit over the top sometimes, they're people. And they all have differing personalities. They all have differing stories. And what I've always really enjoyed about the show, and we see it even in this episode where we see queens like Silky and Akira even so late in the game, begin to break their walls down and begin to begin to sort of see them as a person through and through really humanizes these queens that can sometimes appear as just big characters in their day to day life. And that's what I've always really enjoyed about it as well. And and to both of your points, I think that's what allows us to humanize and sympathize so much with some of these queens is the fact that they do have these moments that I think, despite maybe not being in the same profession as your day to day person, everyone can sort of relate to. 
Mm, yeah. And I think that yeah. there's also a lot to learn from, you know, from the Queens and what they do, because I think that like, especially Untucked this week was a lot of um, RuPaul's best friend race, but it was in such a constructive way, like the way that they approach learning and growing and like applying your personality to so many different things. Like it's really inspiring and it's like so fun to watch. Yeah, totally agree. So let's get into this episode uh, because I do want to kick things off by asking Gabby your opinion on again. This was your first regular season, so I will say. You know, I think- actually, I should have I should have said I actually did watch season ten. You know what? I got my timeline all messed up because I I I missed some of it because I went mm. on Survivor, yeah. <laughs> and then I came back and I actually did watch it. Oh, so nice. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's a great reason. Understandably, your brain was a bit jumbled up, so I can understand if, if uh, you know, the timeline of things is a bit skewed. So I guess this is your second season, yeah. a regular season that you've watched. What have been your thoughts about particularly the past couple of weeks, which I know has garnered a lot of heat on the internet? Liana, I think you and Brent and Brian Scally did a great job last week of really addressing, for lack of a better term, some of the bullshit that's been happening the past couple of weeks on production's behalf. Gabby, especially from a reality TV participant perspective, where do you sort of stand? on how the show has been the past couple weeks. I also was very, very disappointed the past couple weeks. So when Sugarcane left, I thought that was an outrage. She should have never been in the bottom two. And um, last week with Nina leaving, I really felt like it was it was Silky's time to leave um, and very upset at the loss of those two. And yeah, from a reality TV aspect, it makes me a little... Uh, I question how it is to have a judge who's also a producer and then, you know, it can help shape things the way it they they want it to go. And I kind of felt like that this week, too, with our lip sync battle, obviously mm. the bottom two being Brooklyn and. Angie and them being in a relationship I was kind of like hmm isn't this convenient <laughs> that's a that's a really interesting point about having a judge be one of the producers I mean because it's something obviously we know like I know this but I just was thinking of what if Jeff Probst had a say in who yeah. went home what if, what if right? he had a vote <laughs> yeah exactly right. like what if Jeff Probst could vote and so you know of course like you don't want that level of interference because you're thinking like oh it's a person who really wants good TV so they would keep someone who would who would want that so that's actually really interesting to think about yeah and I think that we talked about this that I think it, this is not particularly new to the show, I think you can point at certain people and say, okay, maybe one of the reasons why the judges wanted to uh, be a bit more lenient on them and bring them to the end was because they had a narrative and they wanted to set up, you know, uh, a certain group of characters in the end. But maybe just because the past couple of weeks, you know, you had someone like Silky in particular who wasn't exactly delivering and it just paired so improperly to what the judges were saying about her. Uh, Mm -hmm. that it just it felt like we were seeing something different than what the judges were which sort of led to this inauthenticity for what it was worth this episode uh, it was basically uh, a nice 90 minutes to get to a point that we knew was already going to happen i think it's safe to say maybe i'm speaking uh, out of turn on behalf of both of you as well but at least i knew going into this episode even if you look at the track record or quote-unquote report card as they use in all-stars parlance I mean, Vanjie had to go here, right? She'd had no wins to her name, even if she deserved it last week. She'd had a couple of struggling moments. She had lip-synced twice already. I could imagine that unless someone really, 
really screwed up this week, she would be going home. And even then, it feels like this round was much more, even though we did have a, a challenge to judge and a bottom two, this one much more felt like, okay, let's look at your journey throughout and, you know, pass fail you based on that. Yeah, I mean, well, what we've seen with uh, sort of the penultimate episode in previous seasons has been a top four, then going into a top four. Um, and so this episode, you know, in for both like category is and um, American American. Yeah, it was like the top four. And then it was very much a summary of the way that the queens have performed um, and sort of uh, just visiting their journey throughout the season. And so you didn't necessarily have somebody going home. And so in this episode, because we did have to have somebody go home, um, I think there was a little bit of like, okay, we're still going to try to like revisit. But in the end, you know, we we still have to send somebody home. And since because of Vanjie's story and because of all the critiques she's been getting, it definitely felt like it was going to be her. Mm-hmm. Gabby, what'd you think about this episode overall? Yeah, I also felt like it was kind of a, uh, I, I predicted that Vanjie would be going and it made me sad because like I said, when I, uh, so when I was gone on survivor during her first season, when obviously she was out first, I came back and it was my roommate who actually got me into drag race. And she was like, you have to look at this viral queen like she's so funny and because I didn't understand any of the inside jokes that were happening and so to see her growth and I really think she like I agree with you she should have won last week and that was that was really exciting to see but I so I feel like it was almost that this episode was like like a a loving send-off because you can tell that you can tell that they really love her and that, I mean, she's so funny. She's so effervescent. She has so much charisma, such a good performer, even if she has had stumbles that I felt like this episode was almost like a love letter, like goodbye to Vanjie. Mm, That's a good point, especially, well, at the end, we'll definitely talk about how do you one up yourself. And I think she definitely did a great job of sort of sending herself off again and it was also it was for as much of an over-the-top character as she's been most of the time not to skip too far ahead to the ending that ending was pretty heartbreaking like to see this usually loud bombastic energetic person in confessional just being like i'm crushed i can't believe this is happening was so disheartening and even though i think we knew this was going to happen i mean leon i know the two of us in brent were even talking preseason about like does vanji have the shangela trajectory of coming back after being the first one out and making it pretty far, but not completely to the end. It seems like she had a similar path here, albeit for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. It's also interesting to put this in the context of, you know, Vanjie being Vanjie. And throughout the season, we've seen her get critiques for that of being like, oh, you're just being yourself. (laughs) Um, But this episode really did embrace Vanjie being Vanjie. And I'm really happy that she didn't get the critiques of relying on your personality, which I still think is like bogus when you're going to praise Silky for being Silky, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but here, yeah, it was it was just nice to see that value because I feel like Shangela was similar. It was like Shangela was being Shangela, though I guess she didn't really get the same like level of critiques um, from the judges. But but yeah, I mean that was her trajectory. I think it fits. I think she, the queens that are in the finale, maybe Silky aside, but 
you know, because of the rigor Morris from production, I think it was pretty well set that Soki was going to be in the final four. Uh, this is a good spot for Vanjie. And I, I really empathize with her. And I think in her podcast, when she was able to talk about her mom, like, yeah, I, I really like Gabby's point about it being sort of this, you know, love letter, good, like send off for her. It's really, it was really nice to see. This is like the vitamin C montage playing of all the Vanjie clips that we all mm-hmm. feel nice and warm in the cockles of our own hearts. <laughs> to the DMX voice that is Vanjie in the background. As we go on! <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get into this episode because what I want to do, I know we usually go chronologically through it, but Again, I do feel like this is more of like a culmination episode where, yes, we do get clips of them rehearsing and going on the podcast and everything. But I want to get some overall thoughts first. But I figure what we do is sort of go queen by queen, talk about their performance in Queens Everywhere, along with their final look. Maybe talk a bit about their journey overall from a personality perspective and what they have to look forward to in a couple of weeks from now. But first thing I want to get into, actually, is to talk about the challenge itself. So once again, for the first time or for the I want to say like the fifth or sixth time since all stars 2 we are doing a final challenge of write your own verse to this song perform it uh, and then s- throw in a bit of like you know uh personal appearances as well on the what's the tea podcast with rupaul and michelle visage i gotta say we have been quibbling on this podcast for the past couple seasons about how the songs themselves and the lyrics that have been written as well have not been that inspiring we have not um, met the riju rochu levels that all stars 2 provided but I gotta say, right off the bat here, I really enjoyed Queens Everywhere. From a choreography perspective, from an actual song perspective, it was a lot faster and more of a... a, a it slapped, as the kids say, unlike something like uh, like <laughs> Super Queen, which felt like more like a coffee shop uh, indie down-tempo number. And I thought the lyrics were, for the most part, really good across all the queens. Uh, Gabby, from an overall perspective in this challenge, how did you feel about the performance? Oh, I loved it, too. I thought the lyrics were hilarious. I also loved the choreography. I also was just really happy that they were rapping because sometimes the singing and the auto-tune, I'm like, it's okay that not everyone can sing. It's really okay. We don't all need to try to be singers. So I was actually really happy that they were all, like, rap verses. Yeah, the focus really then seemed to be like because they were doing rap, the focus was on the lyrics themselves and then more of the emotion versus the singing. Although I guess you could say with the auto tune, they can kind of correct for some of that. Um, But I co-sign with the two of you are saying I thought this was so much fun. I don't think I was as high on the choreography and the way that it was filmed. It felt like they were trying to recapitulate the magic of Kitty Girl, uh, which Gabby, if you ever get to All Stars 3, they do a sort of a in the finale, a little bit of spoiler. Um, they do oh, you a know similar, what? like I'm one the worst. Cut. I'm the worst ever, and I've seen that too. I'm just really bad at <laughs> what episodes, what seasons I've seen. I'm just like, slowly, get back. I'm slowly <laughs> revealing that I've seen more than apparently even I thought I've seen. I, so until until the end of this podcast when you're like, yeah, when I was watching since 2009, <laughs> yeah, it's been a great show. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's just all blended together, but I've yeah. seen that. That's the one that, is that the one that Trixie won? Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's- I've seen that. It's hard when you binge them, too, because they all like blend together into sort of like <laughs> one big massive season of Drag Race. So I totally yeah. get it. OK, um, so, so that's all. No good. more surprises. <laughs> but yes, I know what you're talking about. OK, 
Great. Oh, that's perfect. Um, so the, the, they tried to do that with Kitty Girl, where it was like the one shot that went all the way through. And I really liked that because it was so dynamic because they were walking around the, or dancing around the whole studio. Um, whereas this was like clearly four sort of distinct, maybe five distinct scenes that then they were just popping between. Um, and so it didn't have like as a as much of a fun dynamic feel for me. But in terms of like the actual song, I thought that that was really fun. Liana, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a very clear, it's like the hero's journey, right? You start in this urban, you know, neighborhood, go inside to the strip club. You got to take a pit stop in the bathroom. Then you go backstage and come out onto a weird fringe line stage. And then you just sort of disappear into a nice big black box. And then, then you find yourself (laughs) on the open floor. It's a, you know, it's it's a tried and true journey. No, 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 of course. I, I forgot that that's how that works, especially with the stop in the bathroom, which like, I'm sorry, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would I Silky like busting out of a stall? <laughs> I, I didn't love that. Yeah, I didn't really get why Silky was like bashing people out of the way. And then, yeah, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how much of that was the producers there and how much of that was Silky was like, you know, what would be funny if I came out of the bathroom and just started batting people away. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But I can you imagine being like, okay, so Kyria, you get to, you know, dance in front of the club and then you'll be dancing outside in front of the like red velvet line. Uh Brooklyn, you're going to be at the strip club, so you get to dance around the poles. Uh Silky, yeah, you're going to be in the bathroom. <laughs> i would feel so short-changed well and not only that her uh her verse was a little short-changed as well so i don't know if silky just drew the short straw that ended up getting the worst location and worst amounts of uh, worst amount of bars that she got (laughs) yeah so but she like got it at the end i guess i don't know it was weird she got the weird like inspirational moment yeah of like leaning into the the final chorus of like all right everybody you can do it i believe in you now twirl yeah, that was weird. But, oh, yeah. Okay. So it says. <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it balances out then. Uh, so let, let's go through with this queen by queen. We'll talk about their performance in Queens Everywhere, and we'll talk about their best drag look as well. And let's start with Miss Akiria Chanel Davenport. Gabby, what did you think about Akiria's appearance outside the club in the music video, as well as her bejeweled drag look that she provided on the runway to the judges? I thought her performance in the song was really, really good. I I wasn't expecting it to be that good, given how her rehearsals were going, because she seemed kind of like monotonous and like not super energetic. But she freaking brought it for her verse, which was awesome because she was also the first one. So it really like set the tone for the rest of the song. And as for her look, I loved it. I mean, I she's such a like pageant girl. It was so glamorous. But um, personally, like the pageant look isn't my favorite, but Mm. that's just like my personal style. But she really owns it. I thought it was very like intricately beaded and pretty. But um, I guess nothing too different pageant wise than we've seen from Akira before. Mm. Yeah, I I think uh, so. In terms of her look, I thought I thought it was really gorgeous. I maybe it was her shoes. I wanted it to be like an inch longer. But I mean, come on. In terms of like critiques, what am I really gonna like? Say? Oh, if only it was an inch longer. Uh, no, I thought it was really sparkly. It's a common like, critique you give, I think, to uh, various parties. 
<laughs> oh my god that reminds me of Carson's comment during the um the judging when he was like when him and Todrick were talking about him being on tinder and oh. then he was like you're negative eight inches open <laughs> I died uh, which also uh newsflash welcome back Carson I'm glad they let you out of whatever basement you've been in for the past few months or so though I will say I think it's a little unfair to have this guy who hasn't been there the entire time judge these queens for like the journey that you've been on because he really I think he's only gotten sort of whispered what producers told him was going on with them. It feels a little more tacky than someone like Ross, who has been with them the entire time. But I'm just happy he's back uh, just because I had missed him this entire season. Yeah, uh, I have a few things to say about Carson being back. Um, so first of all, I'm really happy that he was ma- able to make it out of the Us magazine, uh, like fashion don't section, which is the last time I ever saw him was in my Us Weekly. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, that's because we were like wondering where he went. And I was like, don't worry, guys. I saw him in a magazine. So we're okay. He's still alive. Yeah. (laughs) Making some fashion don'ts. Um, But I I think it was funny that Mike, to your point, that he referenced what Brooke was wearing in the very first episode (laughs) saying like, this is your drag. And I was like, no, this is not her drag. Like, I mean, not that she can't be edgy, but this sort of like really hyper polished, you know, obviously with the um, the ballet element infused into it, like that is her drag. So yeah, that was totally weird. Uh, and then the last thing was that he clearly like saved up all of his intros that he had been thinking of <laughs> because he had like three with the restraining order, the ankle monitor, you know, I like to watch that type of thing. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> what do you think about Akira, Eliana? Oh, Oh, yeah, Akira. Uh, okay, so yeah, loved her. I, I mean, I like I loved her outfit. Apart from the, you know, inch, you know, uh, her verse. I really liked the lyrics, and when I listened to the song without watching the video, I'm like, ugh, I love this. Totally slaps. But then when I watch her, I still feel like the choreo is a little muted. I feel like the energy is a little low. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I felt like it didn't completely translate. It wasn't as muted, I think, as Vanjie's was. But um, in comparison to when I really listened to the lyrics, I felt like something mm. was a little missing. Although, ass almighty stand by that line that's so good <laughs> yeah there were some really fun lyrics here i think my favorite which i think carson even pointed out was i'm the diane carol of ruse dynasty mm-hmm. it's like very much in the rupaul wheelhouse the venn diagram of make a dated pop culture reference and also you know put rupaul on a pedestal mm-hmm. essentially if you do that you're golden with a lyric uh and you know it's so interesting how these people also try to write their verses like you have people like akira and evie which are much more bragging about themselves as opposed to silky we took a page out of the uh the girl group stuff from all stars 4 and tried to make something more motivational for some reason i the yeah, the akira stuff in the video was interesting first off i mean i was just hypnotized the first couple times by her uh silver fringe wig just because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm attracted to shiny objects for a while. But <laughs> I, I wonder if it's also the fact that she admitted she was not the strongest dancer. And with Vanjie, which we'll get into, you could definitely hear her going like one, two, three, four mm-hmm. in her head. I wonder if Akira was kind of doing the same thing. I do agree with your point, Gabby, that I think her natural energy is pretty just like, you know, easy peasy and a little monotonous sometimes the way she says things. So I was a little worried that her verse would come off the same way. But for what it's worth, she brought it a good amount in the performance where, granted, there are certainly people who exceeded her here, but she definitely did better than other people. Uh, And I think she did a pretty good job of teeing everything up from both a lyric perspective and a choreography perspective. 
Yeah, I I actually I want to go to uh, her uh, podcast on yeah. for what's the tea. Like, can we talk about that for a sec? I mean, Gabby, I don't know what you thought about this, but I had no idea that she was raising her brother's child. Like, was that mentioned at some other point in the show? Because I don't like, think so. Yeah, it was news to me too. And oh my gosh, I thought it was amazing. I honestly loved all the snippets of the podcast. I mean, if you know me, you know I can get a little emotional, and so I just. I I think I teared up multiple times like during during different people's podcasts because they were just so vulnerable, so open. I learned so much about them. And um yeah, that was one of the things that really surprised me and I just think is like so admirable. Yeah, I I know I called into the podcast last week saying I had been slowly souring on Akira just because I was a little pissed at her for constantly stirring the pot and stirring shit up and not exactly (laughs) copping to it. But I'm so happy. I think Evie said this in Untucked, like, I'm finally seeing Akira the person instead of Akira the drag queen. And that just makes me, to the point we made earlier in this podcast, so, so happy. Because, yeah, Akira said nothing about this. Akira barely said any personal details about herself this entire season. She's always been teed up reacting to somebody else, throwing shade at somebody else, and not to say she's not good at that, but it was so great to know, and she has this great arc where she says, growing up, you know, uh, as as a, a gay man, I, I felt like I could never be the man of my family, and now I'm taking care of my brother's child, I'm a father to somebody, like, that's mm-hmm. a remarkable moment, and I'm so glad that we got it, because it makes me view Akira in a, a totally new light. It makes me, you know, see her as an actual person instead of someone who's just there to sort of stir the pot and throw shade at people. Yeah, this really helped me connect with Akira. I mean, Akira was someone who I always enjoyed watching. Like, I'm really happy that she continued to be on the show. Like, I appreciated her presence. But in terms of, yeah, getting to know her, Akira, it was really nice to get that peek behind the curtain to sort of see what where she's coming from and what her struggles are and what her life had been like. And uh, and, you know, sacrificing, you know, for her family was just really, really cool. And I'm I, I, like, I'm just so shocked that this is the first time that this was coming up because yeah. it, it it makes me really empathize with her and root for her as a competitor on the show. All right, let's move on to Brooklyn Heights, who had a very interesting episode, uh, considering that she lands up here in the bottom two after coming off her third win last week. Uh, it seems like she is she did not exactly excel with the judges this week, particularly with their criticism that they almost felt like she was too polished, too perfect this week. Gabby, do you agree with their assessment? Is is it a problem that Brooke did not have a quote unquote edge this week? I totally understand what the judges are saying. I have noticed it in Brooklyn Heights as well. And I should say that Evie and Brooke are my two favorites. So love her. But it's hard because the bar for her is so high because she's been winning. She's been excelling. She's an amazing dancer. She's an amazing performer. So, you know, in a in a in a challenge where dancing is going to be a big part of it, it's like she's already going to be leaps and bounds no pun intended ahead of the other competitors so i get that they're being extra hard on her but i i do kind of feel like that is brooklyn heights's one weakness is she comes across as very polished sometimes and i agree with the judges where the times that she 
doesn't, the times where she does have a little bit of an edge, that's when you love her the most. And it, but it's like, it's such a crappy critique to get, right? It's like your performance was too perfect, but, but like, I, I get it. And then as for then her runway look, I felt like it was sort of like an unfortunate coincidence that it happened to coincide with the week where her critiques were about being too perfect because I thought she looked beautiful, gorgeous in this ballerina um, outfit. But to me, it was sort of like the, it was, it looked to me like uh, a a ballerina costume, like for Mm. the Nutcracker, as opposed to like a fashion runway drag look. Um, so loved, loved how it looked, but I just felt like it, it almost epitomized or like was, a, was symbolic of this critique that she's been getting that it's like, you're too perfect. You're too polished. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, honestly, I could have seen this outfit actually being from when she performed ballet, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, that's probably what it was from. I mean, it it is absolutely gorgeous. Now, whether or not it sort of meets this uh, runway fashion critique, which I think we kind of saw last week with Nina West, where it's like, oh, it's very pride parade, but it's not like fashion runway. So if it doesn't like really fit what the judges are looking for, you can get critiques regarding that. I think it's just so hard for me to wrap my head around this concept of you're too perfect and that's a critique. But at the same time, I see, Gabby, what you're talking about. And I get that same feeling of like, yeah, I want to when I relate to her more is when she is being a little crunchier, a little shadier. But at the same time, I'm like, how can I fault her for being absolutely perfect and gorgeous? I think maybe what you could say is in terms of the the dance performance that she didn't, as Todrick say, like put enough stank on it. Like mm-hmm. uh, th- that's where I could see maybe the critiques coming from instead of she's too perfect. I don't know. Maybe it's the words. Yeah. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But the thing is, like, if she's going to be crunchy and stanky and go to the school of party b is that brooklyn heights you know right. I, I think that what a lot of the queens this episode were able to benefit from is that you know the the song that they were performing might have been something that as silky claimed uh, one of the reasons why she did so poorly in the lip sync was out of her genre of music and brooklyn i think tries admirably here she tries to pull her best julia styles and save the last dance and it's sort of like fitting a square peg into a a round hole here i think she tries admirably i don't know what they were saying about like the words feel like they should be a joke that doesn't land you know i feel like i feel like there were some good lyrics in here uh you know like i never liked double dutch i didn't come to play uh i'm bitch i'm on point literally i thought it was a really fun lyric uh her talking about you uh what was it like her her little like pre-chorus ad libs about uh blame canada bitches a eh? <laughs> you know like throwing in all those things about it's interesting that she kept emphasizing the canadian thing i guess she found that the most interesting part of her but it's not necessarily about her it's more so about canada i put some i guess mentions of ballet right well, I think uh, I think too was didn't she say in the the workroom that she wanted to represent Toronto and represent Canada because it's the song is literally queens everywhere. Um, yeah, but this, but this is not it's a small world. Like you could you could find me <laughs> talking about yourself instead of the country that you come from. <laughs> I don't know. She says the queen of the north is here, which you know was her intro line. Also, so I don't know. I I kind of got it. Also, like I'm also very white. And so I get it, Brooke. I loved when Brooke was in her rehearsal with Todrick. She was like, 
I've, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm getting into this. I got my two fingers up. I don't know what it means. It's <laughs> like, oh, girl, <laughs> I love you. I don't know. Like, I connected with that, sort of that, like, a quote unquote imperfection because she doesn't exactly match the tone of the song. So I don't know. I, li- I really like Brooke. But. Well, I, yeah. I connected with her, too, when she was doing that and was a little bit imperfect and like, yeah, I'm super white. This is awkward. But I feel like that's where the critique came from was that in the actual performance, to me, I, I did agree with the judges that it seemed very rehearsed mm. as opposed to that sort of like, of course, it's rehearsed. Right. But instead of that, like impromptu, edgy, like, oh, I'm kind of not perfect that's i think maybe where they were coming from where it's like i agree that her jokes were really funny but jokes are less funny if they're said in a very rehearsed scripted way which Mm. to me it came across a little bit like that well not to mention that also her choreography was sort of her throwing herself all over the place so it's a little tough to like (laughs) make those jokes land when you're dropping into a split and then like coming out of it and then swinging yourselves around poles so yeah i I could understand where you're coming from with the actual performance itself. I mean, I won't quibble too much with her look just because I feel like with this best drag theme, we've also had queens in the past not necessarily wear their their best drag. I think in the past couple of weeks where we have really seen the invisible hand of the producers become more and more opaque, I think that this was a week where, not as bad as the past couple, but I think it's very clear who they wanted to set up in the bottom two. And I think I personally would not have put Brooklyn in my bottom two this week. But I can understand why it happened if they wanted to sort of tear the quote unquote star cross lovers apart this episode. Sorry, I in my bottom two, like not T-W-O, but like T-O-O or T. No, t- bottom. Never mind. Never mind. Wait, hold on. OK, sorry. I'm getting really confused. I have like 50 thoughts going on in my brain right now in my bottom two as in two. Also, like your bottom, but your butt. OK, sorry. That's a that's yes. A Leon, I do have Brooklyn in my butt. Is that what yes. you're asking? Yes, much like I'm pretty sure RuPaul asked that to Brooke and Vanjie. So I feel like it fits with the theme. Uh, Okay, my other thoughts are that are unrelated (laughs) to having someone in your butt are... so her the the runway actually Gabby you touched on this when you were first talking about how it's like unfortunate that this runway came at the same time when her heavy critiques were like oh it's all about being perfect mm-hmm. and I just like feel really bad about that because I feel like if uh, this was another week and she had walked out with this outfit on I think it really would have been praised whereas you know like maybe they it, it, like Carson said they wanted something like she brought out in the the week the first um, week. And then the other thing I wanted to say about her lyrics uh, was that I, even though, yes, they were white, uh, I I thought they were fun. I didn't really get, like you said, Mike, about the joke part. I didn't really get that. And they didn't have the same cringe that Trinity talks from category is dead. And so I will give Brooke credit for that. Yes. Not I'm Brooklyn Heights. Can't you see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I got a lot of... <laughs> I was gonna say I got a lot of Toronto up in me, and then I went back to the butt thing, and like it's Liana, she's never had a boyfriend. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Michelle Visage's look when Brooke was like, "Yeah, I've never had a boyfriend." Brooke's or and Michelle's like, "Mm." "Well, I think Michelle's like, oh, okay, so you just sleep around." Is that sort of the implication? I guess so. I don't know. She's busy being perfect. Yeah, exactly. I also loved her finishing on Do You Validate Parking? It's just Mm -hmm. a random thing that I... So I I can understand, again, why she ended up at the bottom here. It wasn't a a great week for her, uh, but she does make it through to the final four. Let's talk about Silky Nutmeg Ganache. 
Gabby, I'm so intrigued to just hear your thoughts about Silky in general, because I think, much like many weeks, a very interesting week for Silky this week. Oh my gosh, it has been a roller coaster (laughs) about how I feel about Silky. I mean, I she's been annoying me week after week, and I do feel like there were weeks where she should have gone home, and I feel like there were weeks where she was mean, and then I feel like you get a peek of who she is as a person, and you understand, and then you like her, and then she's really funny, and and she's a good performer, and like it's such a roller coaster, and I think part of that is also again me looking at it from as a reality tv contestant myself i'm also very intrigued by just like how are we meant to view her like Mm -hmm. from a production aspect Mm -hmm. and the judges say one thing and then you see another thing sometimes or the girls say one thing in untucked and then the next week like they're fine like there's just so many contradictions and i think that it really just goes to speak to what a complex person that silky probably is that we're not seeing in the tv show and of course every tv show needs kind of like a villain but i don't even know if she's a villain because like Rue loves her and it's almost like she's an anti-hero like I I almost wonder if it'll be explained in the finale or like whoever wins like if it'll all make it make sense somehow because I really am not sure how I'm supposed to feel about Silky yeah I so I think in terms of the editing there was actually a quote that I saw on reddit from I wrote down this time giraffe pizza so giraffe pizza on reddit said the production this season has been really weird like I feel like they have storylines and placements locked down and then how the queens actually do in the challenges is an afterthought and I think Silky kind of fits into that a little bit that, you know, like Gabby, you said there are weeks when it feels like, OK, it's it's Silky's time to go. But because production is then telling you a different thing about Silky. And then even though in the the challenges, she's not actually doing well, but still you have sort of this storyline about Silky and who Silky is, but it's not cohesive. It doesn't feel. And so it's really hard then to take away something from that. Like, what does that mean when there are things that like don't line up and don't match? It's weird to say, but at the end of this episode and sort of the culmination of Silky's journey, even though she is going to be in the top four, I felt kind of bad for her just Mm. because I think a lot of the backlash from the past couple weeks has not been too Silky. It shouldn't be Silky's fault in particular. Mm -hmm. I feel kind of bad that because the producers almost seems like they preordained her to be in the top Mm -hmm. four, she's been sort of dragged there. And as a result, it's just because she's had such bad weeks, it has really been so, for lack of a better term, glaringly offensive. And I think that, you know, if I honestly think if she had gone at like top seven or even last week at top six, it would be a completely different tune. And people would even look at her a different way of like, OK, she went home and she was really, really bad. She was very polarizing. But you know what? She was able to deliver a couple of different times. So I have to respect that. I think now the attitude is especially going to the top four. Why is she here? Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's going to be fourth place, taking other queen spots. We don't like her. That's a really good point, Mike. I think it's it's like a, almost a disservice to her that the producers, Rue, whoever, wanted to have her on the show as long as possible. Sometimes it seems like because it almost like exposed her 
her flaws and like her not being that great even more than it would have if she would have gone out at like top eight or top seven it's almost like you know robbed goddess potential where it's like if you go out if you were performing and then you had a bad week and you go out people would be like oh man like i really want her to come back for all stars like she had so much potential but by staying so long and therefore showing us all the ups and downs and all the missed chances and second chances it's kind of like okay, why, why is she in the top four? I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and her sort of being like, it's not her fault, you know, like Mike, you were saying that she is getting pulled along. So she can't have that Rob G dot Otis ever edit because mm-hmm. she's, you know, the Roxy Andrews here. Um, anyway. Uh, so there's an article that Hudson sent uh, on Facebook and a listener, Hudson, who who we've played Hudson's comments before. Right, mm-hmm. Mike? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's this article from the decider.com and it essentially talks about how RuPaul's Drag Race is gaslighting its audience. Um, and so the I just want to read one quote, but essentially it says that dictionary.com defines gaslighting as to cause a person to doubt his or her sanity through the use of psychological manipulation and then replace psychological manipulation with producing and editing and that's what you get on RuPaul's Drag Race this article was specifically referring to last week's episode but I think if you think about sort of this season as a whole and sort of where maybe silky places there could be some truth to to what this article is arguing Um, but not that it's silky's fault at all and so making that clear I think is also really important yeah, and I think that what has also helped endear me to her this particular week is I would probably saying it be saying a different tune if she was you know, believing the hype almost, which again, we were sort of led to believe the past couple of weeks that like, even though she was getting critiqued, she's like, I don't care about padding. I'm silky not making us. Everyone's going to love me. Death drop. Uh, but I think that this week, especially in Untucked, mm-hmm. again, another queen that was surprisingly humanized where she talks about, I really think that that trip to the bottom too really knocked the shit out of her, especially RuPaul's meh comment mm-hmm. at her, which made her realize like, oh, all this shit I've been talking, I really cannot, you know, cash the check that I've been writing this entire season. And I think, especially her reconciling with Evie, I think was just a really good sign. Granted, she sort of couched in this whole, like, I talked to the Lord and Lord said forgiveness is key, so I have to forgive Evie for her apologizing to me before. But it really does seem like she was finally able to, I think, take the blinders off a bit and realize, okay, remember at the end of the day, you're a little rough around the edges, but you're a human being. You know, why put up all these walls against people? And she broke them down this week. Might have been too a little too late in some people's eyes, but for me, I'm happy that her journey at least sort of ended on this note because it really brought me back around. Not completely back to the, to the level that I was preseason, which was super hyped, but I think it helped erase some of the bad will that I personally had towards her the past few weeks on the show. Yeah, this was the first episode I actually really liked Silky. <laughs> um, from, you know, her first, maybe from the first, what, like 20 minutes of the very first episode mm-hmm. when she was like being super loud and a lot of the queens were turned off and I think a lot of the audience was as well. This felt almost like a full circle kind of moment to really be able to empathize with her. And yeah, I mean, she hadn't gotten really well, it maybe in her mind, like negative critiques from RuPaul. And so if it was that trip to the bottom two that kind of like knocked her back, or maybe it was her falling down during the performance, that like knocked her back. Um, I'm not sure, but it, it, I empathize with Silky this week for sure. Yeah, that the, her performance, I guess we should sort of segue to that and her look on the runway, because the performance, like Todrick said, 
the personality that she brought on the verse was fun. She didn't have a lot of real estate to work with, not a lot of runway, but she was able to, you know, take off the plane pretty well. I think by far the most glaring thing to me was once again, she decides to do this drop and we see not only, you know, her, her underside, her undercarriage, but at least from my perspective, Gabby, correct me if I'm wrong here, but those black things sticking out, are those her damn pads? Did we see her pads sticking out when she did a death drop? Oh, gosh. I don't know if they were. I think they might. I think it might have been like the under leotard. But the mismatch in color again. Yeah, I think Michelle commented on it. It's just like it's the little details. Right. And then like the judges have been saying this is the time where we're going to split hairs over tiny details. And then you get something like that. And it's like, come on, sis, we've we've just been talking about this the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think messy is probably the best way to describe silky at times. (laughs) Like also (laughs) just the way that she like jumps backwards and falls down and then gets pulled up. Like I get it. She's got a lot of weight to throw around, but (laughs) I wasn't sure if it was intentional. I like thought she fell at first. And then I was like, Oh, she's, I was like, was that a death drop or like, was it a split attempt? Like I was like, not sure, but I will say like, she's really good at selling whatever she does so it's like a split second where i'm like wait what and then i'm like okay because that's the thing is she like pops right back up and then goes into whatever that arm choreo is and you're just like oh okay yeah this is so fun like i love watching this i feel like it was on purpose because the lyrics were well ooh, this mug is on lock twirl whip drop it like it's hot and i feel like she wanted to literally drop it like it was hot i don't exactly know what the temperature was i think we're all saying it was a bit lukewarm uh, but I think that, you know, they helped her back up and then she was able to go into the thing. I also felt kind of bad that the last portion of her verse was done with her back to the camera because she had to run through that dressing room. So she was already given the short shrift in terms of the lyrics, in terms of being shown on screen doing lyrics. And then, you know, uh, in terms of actual dropping itself, what did we think about her glamorous look uh, that she brought to the runway along with a curious wig, which really is like the all purpose wig this season, Liana? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a curious wig that Akira wore last week on the runway that has been worn a few other times. Uh, let's see. I think in week six. Yeah. Akira wore in week six also. But that wig is fantastic. So I'm actually kind of OK with it getting so much airtime. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, when Tiffany Haddish like brought, bought this really expensive white dress and she said she was going to wear it to like everything. And she did <laughs> that one year. Exactly. Because when you have something that you spend a lot of coin on and it's gorgeous, honey, like wear it every day. I don't care. Uh, I I thought she looked absolutely stunning. Um, I thought she looks amazing cinched, uh, even though, you know, she had to take it off and untucked because I guess she couldn't breathe. Uh, But I I think she looks fantastic on the runway. I mean, really, really, truly gorgeous. Um, I I think this was a good final look for uh, for Evie or for uh, Silky. Yeah. Gabby, any thoughts about Silky's look? Yeah, she did. Um, it was it was very pretty. Again, the pageanty beaded look. Not for me, but I totally get that that's her vibe and that's the, the pageant girl side of her. And I also was dying during Untucked when she's like trying to lay down stiff as a board because she's like cinched so tight she's like i can't move like that was really funny (laughs) yeah i would argue that this might be my favorite look from silky and again Mm -hmm. uh, there were it's maybe it's a low bar especially compared to some of the other queens but i feel like this she took the theme to heart this was her best drag i think she looked so good and she sold it 
as well. Uh, you know, I, I know I complained a few weeks ago about like we're seeing the same things from her over and over again. But since we took a couple of, of uh, week breaks and maybe they didn't, you know, do well for her, especially last week with her little disco jumpsuit extravaganza. But I think she ended on a really strong note here. I still probably would have put her on the bottom two based on her performance in the uh, the song itself, because I do agree it was pretty darn messy especially from like a choreography perspective but as we talked before it's clear that production had their own whims and they sort of wanted to put silky in that top four so at the end of the day they got their wish even if it was at the expense of uh the fan base sort of losing its shit the past couple weeks oh the other thing i wanted to point out um was the fact that they got pads provided yes which oh gabby actually it was jennifer who sent me the video to like the first 15 minutes and she was like pads like really or something like that and i was like oh my gosh that's so crazy especially given the fact that for weeks like that's been silky's <laughs> critique and now it's like oh here and you can have some free pads from planet pepper or whatever <laughs> yeah i love, love that it cut directly to silky when michelle mentioned it. and she also michelle i think scanned everybody but i think she could very tell she could, you could very much tell that it was from one person in particular Mm-hmm. yeah exactly oh yeah yeah this is definitely like okay silky look here like we're trying to get you to the top four okay just like take some pads put them on <laughs> and then yeah she if it, they were the pads mike then she goes ahead and shows like shows them but you shouldn't show them off they're new <laughs> well i want to end on a strong note so let's go to vanjie next because i'm so confused gabby what do you think todrick made a great point here what do you think was the main disconnect between the fire she was bringing in her verses versus like the very tepid water that she actually brought during the performance itself? I don't know. It's so, it was so disappointing because she was so awesome and funny during the rehearsals. I think that Vanjie is the type of person to get in her own head. And um, I feel like that is what happened like just knowing how much there was at stake feeling the pressure of not having won a challenge yet not having had like really her moment and feeling like she needed to earn her way into the top four which i think was the case i think unfortunately got in her head and so she was very much i think you said earlier like you could kind of see her counting and see her thinking about the steps which is so unfortunate because she is one of the better dancers out there Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was probably a performance anxiety uh, type thing. Maybe Brooke knows more about that. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I felt like she really brought it in the verse. And when I actually watched the video without listening to the music, like her dancing is actually OK. It's sort of like when you put how good the track is with then how not as energetic the dancing is, that's really where the disconnect comes in. And so you can, it just, it just really doesn't fit. And she's barely lip syncing. Yeah. There, there were several yeah. points. And maybe it's because she was, t- she was whipping her hair around so much that like, she wasn't really moving her lips, but like, if, if it was anything, her lips were barely moving, which I feel like at the end of the day is the point. And I totally sympathize with her where, like you said, Gabby, I think Tajik may have given her the most difficult choreography because they gave her a challenge. And I think that she was really trying to nail that, especially because I think she was the queen, only queen to change sets. She went from backstage to on stage. And maybe she was just so concentrated on that. And especially it being one take that the words weren't exactly coming out. But yeah, to your point, Liana, such a disconnect, which really stinks because, like she said, this was her wheelhouse challenge. It was between the performative elements and actually songwriting. And 
for some reason, like the peanut butter and jelly just made for a pretty bad sandwich here. Mm. <laughs> Much like bitch and spin don't rhyme. <laughs> These are the two pieces that didn't come together. <laughs> I also I also loved her pulling like a BB Zahara banana and just going ga, 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 ga. bye-bye. <laughs> I loved that. That was amazing. I think I saw someone tweet like the the video clip of that and they were like, This is my new ringtone. <laughs> yeah. it, was just, like, it was so amazing. Yeah, just the bye-bye at the end too is like so perfect. <laughs> well, let's talk about her Vivian Lee gone with the wind dress because this is very atypical Vanjie, especially with the constant comments about her silhouette from most of this season. Does either of you have any thoughts about the uh, the green she produced on the runway here? Yeah, I I really loved this look. I mean, I think in general, all of the final looks were really, really well done. I mean, it's their best drag. You would hope that they would all be really, really well done. Um, but I think Vanjie in particular, because it was such a contrast to what we see normally, like Akiria, I think, looked absolutely gorgeous. We've seen her in sort of similar pageant gowns, so it wasn't anything that really, like, was the most iconic thing ever. Like, I think even her gold look from the All the Glitters ball was probably a little bit maybe more gag-worthy for me. Uh, But for this from Vanjie, I thought it was so nice to see. I really want to, like, touch that fabric. It just looks like, oh, it just looks really gorgeous. I want to wear this outfit. (laughs) (laughs) um i liked it i don't know if i'm as high on it as as i've seen other people be i really appreciate that it was a different silhouette and that it was more glam and less like i feel like usually banji goes for like the sexy like sort of like rocket like glittery and long legs and whatever that kind of look so i liked that it was different but i I don't know. And I can't even I don't know if I can verbalize what I wasn't crazy about it. Maybe it was like it was it still felt a little simple to me. Or maybe it's just, you know, what's sticking in my head is when they went to go lip sync and I'm jumping ahead. But when they went to go lip sync and she pulls the skirt part off and then it was a it was a swimsuit again. Like it was the same silhouette. Yeah. So, so I, maybe that's like tainting the overall dress in my mind. Cause I'm remembering that part of it. I really liked it, but I don't think I'm as high on it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question because there are two little pieces of black that are sticking up above the top of the dress. And my wife, Angela and I have this question while we were watching the episode. Do we think that's part of the dress or do you think those are like, her fake boob bra cups, you know, peeking out from the top of the dress. Mm. So I think it's like the under. Yeah, I think this was part of the I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's part of the reason I don't like it. And I don't know if it was intentional. I'd like to think it was intentional because I, you could you probably could hide that. But it seems like it was like the under leotard, right? Because when she pulled mm. the skirt off, it was also like the same black material. So it's almost like it was a leotard or a swimsuit or whatever it might be. But I think that was one of my problems with it is, in my opinion, I think this dress would have been nicer if it was if the green dress part of it was like a sweetheart neck so sort of has that like you know that mermaid um i don't know if you're familiar with necklines mike but like Uh, i'm aware of necks (laughs) and lines so. (laughs) so the sweetheart is more of like the you know rounded like like a bump and it goes down in the middle and it's a bump and it goes down like like you would imagine like a like a mermaid bra would look like or like like a princess wedding dress and so for me like if the green dress was like that and was covering up those black cups that were sticking out that 
I think I would have made me like it more. But that's really nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that they were on purpose. <laughs> Maybe that's why like I didn't dislike it as much. Although now that I'm looking closer at it, I could totally see uh, Gabby's your point about the fact that it was just the corset because um, that's definitely what the bottom part uh, looks like so yeah uh, maybe not I don't know I think it kind of works because she's got the arm gloves although now that I look closer at those those look really cheap but I don't I know think, if I it was it like maybe time. lace if it was like lace if it's a peekaboo I think the peekaboo needs to be like really cute right so it would have mm-hmm. to be like lace or fishnet or like something sexy like that so maybe yeah it just looks too plain but see the thing the fact that we're talking about it and we're not sure that makes me feel like you know if it's intentional you want it to look intentional and not have people be debating it whether it like is your underwear you want to do a death drop not think that you accidentally tripped during your verse and fell on the floor like silky (laughs) yeah this is the runway version of silky is like flop backwards (laughs) well i want to finish by talking about evie oddly because I'm a little miffed. I could understand why they just sort of did, again, this pass-fail thing, because that's how they usually do to push people through to the finale. But I'm a little sad that we didn't get a winner of this challenge, because far and away, the winner of this challenge, in my opinion, was Evie Oddly. I mean, in my opinion, she produced not only one of my favorite verses of any of these songs that they've done in Drag Race history, but also one of my favorite looks. She did a great job of, again, really filling this Venn diagram between glamour and weird. I think for the past couple of weeks where Evie has been sort of uh, coasting on either safe or bottom, I think she did supremely well this week. I mean, I had to watch her verse in the song at least 10 times because I was just mesmerized by every part of it, Liana. Yeah, so I watched, so obviously I watched the episode and then when I was going back to rewatch the performance, I did a couple takes where I was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to the song and just not like not watch it. But every single time I got to Evie's verse, I couldn't help but look up because there was something just so eye-catching about the way that she was moving and her verse like everything about it was really amazing and uh and i'm totally with you i don't understand why they didn't award her the win if you're gonna have a bottom two give the queen the win like i this is not the traditional final four where everyone's moving on like she absolutely deserved to win this and uh i I'm rooting for her to win the whole thing going off of this. And this is such a great episode to propel her into the finale. I mean, I know that it's a long time until they actually film the finale, but it just feels like a really, a really great high for her to leave on. I totally agree. Oh my gosh. I wish that they would have given her the win because Mm -hmm. she was amazing. I, and I, like I said, she's my favorite. So I was like, so proud of her. I thought her lyrics were the most, um, like unique to her mm-hmm. in the sense of like it almost told her drag race story that it was like oh I, I call out the other girls I call them out on their bluff um, you know like bending over backwards and then she's bending over backwards it was just oh. like it was so her and I, so I mean it might be a credit to Todrick as well but like the choreography it didn't feel like it was being done to her it felt like she was really making it her own and it mm-hmm. felt like it was her movement her performance so good like just amazing yeah Mm -hmm. i i think and tajik brought that up actually i wonder if it really was like a push and pull thing where if tajik felt like he was getting something from the verses because since he helped produce the actual verses themselves as well he sort of suited choreography to that and i wonder if it's because evie took his note about being a bit weirder a bit for lack of a better term odder 
in her lyrics and the way she was delivering them, they were able to do this really cool thing where, you know, she starts by Sasha valoring it by nearly crawling up from behind the box and slinking around the stage. And I scream the first time that she did that bend over backwards and then doing like a weird crab walk where (laughs) she's able to walk her way down that box while keeping her hands on the ground was just crazy and then she does at first i thought one of the guys had helped her over to do her back bend back over to standing up but no she did that all on her own it's crazy to think about like probably three weeks ago in filming time was when she rolled her ankle trying to do something similar during the drag olympics challenge here she is doing it again given her condition is just incredible she had me captivated the entire time and i mean odd bless her I I just loved what she threw in there. I totally agree with you, Gabby, that not only did she have this like like that delivery uh, was so crisply delivered, but it really was about her. And like you said, it was very, uh, you know, braggadociously rapping about how, you know, hey, I am who I am. I'm going to be blunt. But you know what? It's because I'm super talented. And because she was so confident in herself, it really came through in the performance. What did you make of the uh, take on the most memorable character in Total Recall? Uh, in the three-breasted, three-eyed, three-butted alien creature. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolute glamour. Um, but with three boobs, three eyes, and three fingers. I, the the thing that stands out to me the most is that she contoured all three boobs. Like, that is the thing that I appreciate the most. <laughs> it was so cool to see this neat mix of camp and uh, really high fashion drag. Like Michelle said, she was really blended. It, this was just such overall a great week for Evie Oddly. Gabby, any thoughts about Evie's look here? Loved it. Oh, my God. It was like there there kept being more that I was discovering, like until Evie had the voiceover. Like, of course, I noticed the third eye. And then I was like, wait does she have three titties? And then like, and then in the voiceover, she's like, I've got three of everything. And I was like, this is so cool. And like, just leave it to Evie to do the perfect mix of glamor and oddball. And I agree with what Rue said on the, um, in the judges panel that her makeup was like the best it's been all mm-hmm. season. Like she looked beautiful yet strange and I mean, it was like it, it just epitomizes Evie oddly. Yeah, completely agree. I think to your point, Liana, she ended on a really high note. We'll see if that carries over into the actual finale itself. I know it certainly has garnered, I think, a lot of goodwill to the audience. We might touch upon the social media. Are you team Evie, team Brooke, et cetera, in terms of the responses behind it? But suffice it to say, Evie is out to a commanding lead, even from someone like Brooke, who is in second place. Let's touch upon the lip sync briefly, our final uh, regular lip sync of the season, as Brangie is about to undergo a breakup here. Brooke versus Vangie on Pride, A Deeper Love by Aretha Franklin. Liana, Brooke ends up winning this from a judge's perspective, or I guess from Rue's perspective, since apparently only this time, Rue says, (laughs) Rue's decision is the final one. Uh, Did you have any thoughts about this lip sync overall? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that it was really powerful. It was really emotional. It was uh, absolutely a step up from what we saw last week. And I, you know, whether it be the performance, the performers or the song choice, like I thought that this was a really engaging song to go out on. I want to go to something that I think uh, I think Gabby will co-sign was the this idea of Angie, like taking off her the bottom of her dress, which I know she did in order to dance, but it really kind of made her whole outfit underwhelming then <laughs> when she was performing on the runway or on the uh, on the stage so I don't know that that was like the only critique I think I can really have for the lip sync yeah because it could have had like a fun green tutu or something underneath it or not tutu not like a not like a ballet tutu, it, 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 in the battle of the ballerinas the ba- yes um but like yeah I think it's like risky to take off your beautiful outfit to reveal a black <laughs> leotard um so yeah that was underwhelming and then uh, i mentioned it earlier the lip sync i saw it coming but i couldn't help but sort of be distracted throughout the whole thing because i was just pissed that it was happening that they had like obviously set up this relationship and touched touched on it multiple times on the in the episode and in the podcast and stuff asking about the relationship felt like you know it's like well, no matter what, you guys were going to be the bottom two because we we want to have this emotional moment. And then kind of feeling like Vanjie's fate was sealed because Brooke is a lip, uh, lip sync assassin and just that Vanjie hasn't been performing as well with she doesn't really have a great um, report card or resume, as, as my people prefer to say on Survivor. <laughs> um, and uh, my... W- I think that it was good, but I want to see if you guys agree with me that I love Brooke and I didn't love this lip sync from her. And I think a big part of it was because I wish that she weren't on point the entire time. Mm -hmm. No pun intended, like literally on point ballet point. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. I I would agree with that, actually. This lip sync was weird to me. And maybe it is because... Maybe there were some expectations that the last time we saw Brooke lip sync was against Evie during a snatch game. One of the all time lip syncs where sorry, not sorry, where everything was just balls to the wall insane. And she tried to, you know, be on point here. And it is admirable and it is awesome and a great showcase of her skills. But you have to wonder at the same time, is this the right song to necessarily do that? Or is it more so you just saying like, hey, look what I can do, which I guess is what a lip sync for your life is anyway. It didn't feel exactly fitting so i do agree with you there gabby but for what it's worth i feel like her best part was when she was like dropping into the splits and like she really brought the attitude yeah. there so i, I don't know, feel like it was like a runaway for vanji i just feel like vanji brooke would have really had to like tank it brooke would have had to pull either a valentina or like a silky level of things last week to yeah. not progress here considering how much of a front runner she is and i think vanji did an admirable job given the fact that she was the underdog going into this but there was really, you know, nothing she could do. This also went on for a while, it felt like, more than other lip sync. This went past 90 seconds, in my opinion. Hmm. So I have I have two things. First, I actually forgot that she was on point. And I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing. But hmm. for me, I was watching her emote and I was watching her her actual like lip 
sync um, because that was what was most captivating to me. So I actually like totally forgot that she was on point. Um, but I, I do want to bring up something that I think is interesting because, you know, RuPaul has talked about find what your strength is and then figure out how to work it into the challenges. Like for the LAPD challenge where Brooke was able to bring her dancing into her character and that worked. Whereas here, it did it feel forced? Like, did it feel like, oh, she's trying to bring what she does well, her her dancing and her uh, ballet skills and try to use those to her advantage. But maybe like she can't quite make it in both maybe the lip sync and then the performance. So is this like almost too much of relying on that ballet, not re- hmm. relying on the body? I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And again, I don't think it was bad. I just don't think maybe it didn't necessarily suit the song. It just felt like her and Vanjie were doing very different things. Actually, Liana, maybe one of the reasons why they put Brooke and Vanjie in the bottom is because they want to recreate a moment of what happened with Jujubee and Raven during All Stars 1. Do you remember when they had to lip sync oh, against each other and they like, bro- crying. Yeah, they like oh. broke down in each other's arms? Like maybe they wanted that to be replicated. But again, Brooke and Vanjie, one of the things I love about them is that they both sort of look at their relationship very logistically and are like, we're we're in for each other at the end of the day. So we'll sort of put this second. And so they were they very much took things with a very professional eye. Yeah, they were very professional about their relationship and about their lip sync. Like, I I appreciated that. They discussed it a little bit and untucked. But it was so nice to hear them both be like, look, we have our own dreams. We have our own reasons for being here. And we're not going to let whatever this relationship is, even though I'm sure Brent would be like, it's because they're in prison. Um, uh, like type relationship. But it was still nice to to see that level of professionalism. And for what it's worth, according to uh, what you pack in with Michelle Visage, I don't know when that was filmed, but Vanjie did say that, you know, her and Brooke did go on vacation and shared a room together. So I'm rooting for those crazy kids. I, it'd be interesting to see a true and tr- tried and true romance come out of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, speaking of Vanjie, we say goodbye to her. Uh, Gabby, what, you know, v- watching Vanjie say goodbye was the very first Drag Race moment you pretty much experienced. What was your reaction to seeing her goodbye the second time? Her extended version of Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie <laughs> remix, essentially. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, like I said, that being, like, the only thing I knew, well, all of America knew about Vanjie, I was like, how is she going to top this <laughs> exit? And somehow she did. And I'm not usually one for, like, gimmicky things, but I truly think she's just such a naturally hilarious, funny, comedic, person that like every time she came back it still made me laugh like it didn't go one time over than that she should have come back like she kept leaving and she would come back and she would say something hilarious and I'm just like that honestly takes skill to be able to top an already iconic viral exit with what might become another iconic (laughs) moment yeah, 1000% agree. The line about the don't turn the spotlight off, I might come back and then the spin the wheel might land on me again. Those were just such great lines. And I think it's a reminder, even though we've seen the Vanjie being Vanjie critiques of Vanjie being Vanjie is awesome. Yeah. Like I think back to the um, the acting challenge with the um, <laughs> why I gotta be Black Panther with her being like uh, what God, what was she was just, I'm a ghoul dad. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hello, Christine. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Yeah, this is a little bit too cookie monster. It's just so funny. She's so entertaining. Oh, just, she's a really great fun queen. 
I think my favorite part was her sticking her head out from behind the little partition and said, ah, see you later, Miss Vanjie, deuces. Yeah, yes. It just like kept going. It kept going and kept going, but it was still so funny. Yeah, and not, not too much, which is key. It begs the question, we'll definitely talk about this more in our finale recap as to who from this cast might come back, but considering her track record between these two seasons, do we, what do we think the chances are that we're going to see Vanessa Vanjie Mateo on an all-star season somewhere in the future? Uh, I can see it. I, I can. I mean, I know that she's, I, I will just always go back to this Vanjie being Vanjie critique because that's something that she, Angela, never got. It was like, oh, it's Shangie. Well, maybe she did. I got to rewatch uh, season three. But, um, but Vanjie is, uh, just, just so entertaining. And I think RuPaul is entertained by her. And because you have somebody who makes a connection with RuPaul, like I think it was Evie, you said it was really hard to connect with RuPaul. Well, connecting with RuPaul is so critical for being able to come back. And uh, I think we could easily see Vanjie on an all-star season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, maybe I'm biased because literally half of the seasons that I've watched have been all-star seasons, but I feel like there's so much all-star potential on this cast. And it's sort of like, you know, if Brooke doesn't win, I see Brooke as an all-star and then it's like, would they have Brooke and Vanjie again? And who knows where that relationship will be like, mm-hmm. like in the future. And so part of me feels like this could be the end of, of Vanjie's arc. And I like it as an end to it. It feels very closed and complete to me, but I totally agree. It's kind of like if Rue wants you back, then you'll come back and they seem to love her. So yeah, that that's actually a great point that even though she didn't go all the way, she by far exceeded the expectations that people had of her all the way back in season 10. And then you have to wonder if that's sort of like enough of a closing to the story. But I don't think that the producers are looking for that. I think the producers might just be looking for popularity. And suffice it to say, she's an extremely popular character. So I totally agree with you, Gabby, even though I think from a narrative perspective, it would be good to sort of close the book of Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. I feel like we're going to see her back, whether it's an all-star season or whether she's one of these queens that has appeared in the, in, you know, over the course of this season that just like drops by for a couple of challenges or so this, this show has sort of, uh, and America has fallen in love with her. So I don't think it's going to be the last we see of her, no matter what the circumstances are. Okay. Do we have a thought on people that might come back for an all-star season? So I obviously would love Nina West to come back. I kind of feel like I could maybe see the whole top four coming back in some way, like hmm. Silky, maybe I don't want to see back, but maybe the judges would want to see Silky back. Evie, I think would come back. Brooklyn, I could see coming back. I don't know. I have a really soft spot for Akira, but maybe the judges don't feel the same way. But I, I love this idea that, yeah, there's a lot of sort of quote unquote all stars talent from uh, from this season. I mean, I'll be completely honest here. Now that we are sort of in the advent of having people like Jasmine Masters and pheromone come onto the show who like didn't really do that much in their original seasons almost half the cast i could see to bring back in some sort of all-stars potential whether it's a second chances whether it's like oh you were truly a star this is a really producer fuckery aside this is a really really good cast and i i agree that i think you could take any of the final top four you take vanjie you could take nina west i feel like there's a story there for plastique for Scarlet, oh, yeah. even even for someone like Sugar Kane, who like you could say they got robbed too early or they they went before some other people should have. And now they have a chance to prove themselves like there's a lot of potential going on. So it's it's almost it's almost easier to make a list of queens that would definitely not get brought back than queens <laughs> that would. 
soju (laughs) yeah honestly like maybe it's better to say who wouldn't come back uh soju probably mercedes sorry girl um i I feel like you could take any of the first five boots maybe maybe ariel versace they'd bring in for some drama stuff but i feel like yeah any any of those in raja o'hara i feel like you could could leave it home but otherwise i kind of feel like any any other one of those cast members and feel free to sound off online if you agree or disagree out there i feel like you could bring any of them back and i won't exactly bat too many eyelashes at it yeah for sure well let's preview this upcoming finale the lip sync for the crown as we determine the season 11 winner what i would love to do is go around the horn and see if you can power rank between your brain heart gut combine all your body parts to figure out how you think they'll place who will be our winner who will be our runner-up and third and fourth place even though they're sort of be one in the same uh, Liana, let's start with you. Uh, try to see into the future as we do often on the B&B. How do you think this finale is going to shake out? Okay, so obviously it's going to depend on how the lip syncs, the like luck of the lip syncs work out because it's going to be two queens uh, versus like 2v2 and then that, not 2v2, two queens and then two other queens and then the winner of those is going to go against each other. I know sports and brackets. Um, so I think my top two are Evie and Brooke. So mm-hmm. then it's just a matter of, okay, so if they lip sync against each other in the first round, then I think the winner comes from that group, like from that. So I think it's going to be either Brooke or Evie is the winner. Um, if we got Brooke and Evie in the finals, Oh, that could really come down to the lip sync. I mean, my God, because the fact that we saw both of them stay in what was probably the best lip sync I've seen in such a long time. uh, I have no idea. I I would think based on the editing of this episode, it feels like more Evie, but that's because they could have been setting up Brooke for a Brooke V Vanjie type deal. So they were downplaying how they felt about her. Um, But I I think Evie is my front runner in this situation. And then, oh my God, Silky. (laughs) It depends what Silky brings. If it's the lipstick like she did against Nina West, she's like fourth. I don't even care if, you know, Akira or someone else also loses. (laughs) Like, oh, sorry, Silky, but I think you'd be in fourth. Mm -hmm. Gabby, what are you thinking about how it's going to turn out? Uh, I almost exactly agree. So I'm hoping that the final lip sync is between my top two, Evie and Brooke. I really hope that that's the final lip sync and not one of the earlier ones that boots some of them, because that would just be I feel like it'd be so underwhelming. It'd be a blowout if either of them were against either of the other two. Um, And I'm really hoping for an Evie win as well. I think that she's been shown throughout the competition to be just very real, very, um, very unique. I think she brings such a perspective to Drag Race that we haven't seen before. Me having seen four seasons, but... (laughs) But I just love that she has such a unique perspective and people have said it about her on runways where it's like when you see Evie, you know that it's Evie, you know what her look is, you know what her dances look like. And so I just love her and think that she's deserving to be the winner. But I would also be super happy with a Brooklyn Heights win. And yeah, Silky, I think needs to bring it because otherwise I think Silky will be in fourth place, Akira in third, because if that was Silky's 
lip sync for your life and it was so sloppy and this whole season we've been hearing her say I was ready to lip sync if I had to and it's like what does that have to do with anything if you're not gonna actually be good at it so if she doesn't bring it then she needs to go out and forth we I don't want it to be an underwhelming final lip sync yeah, and that's the thing as well about, you know, the sadness that can come with the producers really wanting Silky in the top four is because since the top four is now based in lip syncs and Silky has not shown herself to be a great lip syncer, that automatically says, like, you're bringing somebody in that could be a layup for the yeah. other three. Though, again, she could come in and surprise us. Who knows? Maybe that was just a, a one-time fluke. But yeah, I totally am in agreement. I think Silky is my, if I'm power ranking them, Silky's number four right now. I could put Akira in number three. I could see her, depending on the matchups, getting into the top mm-hmm. two. And she's an entertaining performer. But it just feels like, I don't know, I feel like it would do a disservice to this season if it wasn't Brooke or Evie winning. Now, of course, rewind back to season nine, where we say the same thing about it would be a disservice to the season if Shea Coulee and Trinity Taylor didn't mm-hmm. win. Cut to Sasha Valor doing it. So... It's totally in the realm of possibilities that our two firm runners get eliminated in the first round. But considering what happened with Sorry Not Sorry, I certainly hope not. I would probably be pushing for an Evie win as well. And again, not to disparage Brooke too much, because I think Brooke is extremely talented. She's brought so much professionalism to the runway. And she has really, I don't know, almost exceeded my expectations and how she was really able to, to a point that was made earlier, adapt her skill set to each and every challenge and excel as a result. But Evie is a little bit of a different winner than we've had, especially as of late in that, you know, not only does she have the Sharon needles weirdness going on, but she also has a bit of, you know, a contentious personality, a blunt, honest personality as well. Like she's been a huge character and a huge performer the entire season, which we haven't really said about a lot of drag race winners as of late. So it'd be really cool to have her in the drag race hall of fame, not to mention, I'll spill the true tea here. Considering how much she said that her career is sort of has a timeline at the moment in terms of her condition, just getting her body in worse and worse shape. I know people are saying, hey, it'd be great if Evie lost so she could come into an all-star season. I don't know if Evie Oddly would be physically capable about coming onto an all-star season even like two years from now. So it almost makes me feel like selfishly, let's let her take the crown now so that we don't need to worry about bringing her back and have her perform less than she would have previously just because of the state that her body's in. But no matter what, this is a really, even though it's a top four that I feel like Liana, we had, we called several weeks back. It's a really interesting group of Queens. And I am very excited to see not only what comes of the finale in two weeks, but especially of the reunion next week, considering how these Queens are not one to shy away from drama. Yeah, it it really is a diverse top four. I mean, I think you have Evie bringing her like weird, odd blessedness. You have Brooke being such a polished, you know, ballet queen. You have Akira, who is this glam pageant opulence. You earn everything. (laughs) And then you have like Hot Mess Silky, who has personality for days, but is, yeah, a little bit of a hot mess. I'm really curious to see how this is going to end. I'm really, really excited uh, for this whole thing to wrap up. Also, because I need a break from Drag Race. (laughs) It's so long. (laughs) Gabby, we're looking ahead to the reunion here. Uh, Give me one conflict that you think is going to come up over the course of the reunion next week. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, good question. I feel like maybe it's just recency bias, but it's kind of like Evie versus everyone that Evie called out. And Mm. I am biased because I think Evie's commentary has really been on point. And what I would love to see from the reunion would be some self-reflection and some owning of how uh, people were acting like Silky comes to mind where I think earlier you said like, okay, we got a nice end to to this arc because Silky said that she forgave Evie. But like, I don't really feel that satisfied by it because I feel like it was couched in this sort of like phony, like God tells me that I have to forgive people. So like, I forgive you, Evie. (laughs) And I don't think I've really seen Silky own and apologize for actually how mean she was. So I wonder if after having seen the season and seeing some of the mean comments she was making in confessionals, when you have Evie being nothing but nice and apologetic after the fact, yes, Evie has had some mean moments too, but she will always admit when she's wrong and she always gives Queens credit in her confessionals. So I would love to see sort of just like coming to peace with between those two and between everyone who like hasn't, owned up to what they've done throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's going to be brought up. The other thing that I think is going to be brought up is the Brooke Vanji relationship. So like if we're going to do a, a bet or a draft on things that will be talked about for sure, the Silky Evie stuff and then the Vanji Brooke relationship, like <laughs> I definitely see that happening. What are the odds that we're going to get Wiggate brought up for the third time this season? <laughs> yeah, they probably will. <laughs> This thing just keeps on coming back like freaking Rasputin. But we shall see. I'm sure it's going to be a really interesting reunion. But we're not going to talk about it next week. We're going to do what we usually do for our regular season podcast, where we are not going to podcast for the reunion. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to come back two weeks from now. We'll start by talking about the reunion, knowing how the past two reunions went. I'm sure there's going to be at least one hot button issue for us to sink our teeth into. And then we'll get into the finale and then we'll get into the season. Overall, I cannot believe we are finally almost at the end of not only Drag Race Season 11, but basically Drag Race in 2019 on the whole. It's crazy to think about the past five months, but we are nearing the end here as we near the end of this podcast. Gabby, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a delightful to hear your thoughts about everything, especially, you know, what serves as a culmination of all these uh, Queen's journeys. It's been great to hear you sort of reflect up upon that as we look forward to what's to come at the end. Yes, thank you so much for including me, especially as a newer fan myself. And hopefully um, I didn't butcher any of anything, but I had so much fun talking to you guys, too. So thanks. Well, people want to reach out to you to get your comments about Drag Race, Survivor or anything under the sun. How can people contact you on social media? I'm on Twitter at Gabby Pescuzzi and Instagram at Gabscuzzi. So yeah, drop me a line. Let me know what you think of this season. Let me know if you're hashtag Team Evie as well. Mm, I mean, I think I found about like 190,000 people online <laughs> that are. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, do we talk about that? The uh, the fan response on Twitter? Yeah, Liana, why don't, you, uh, why don't you plug what's going on while I take a look at the Drag Race account on Twitter so we can uh, find out the exact numbers behind it. Yeah, so uh, so you can find me on social media at Liana Boris, L-I-A-N-A-B-O-R-A-I-S. Um, I've currently been tweeting about Kale because... 
kale was on sale at the grocery store and I bought a bunch and now I don't know what to do with it because every time I eat it, I don't like kale. So please continue to tweet me your kale recipes. That would be really helpful. Thank y'all. Um, also, in terms of pod, not also, also in terms of podcast stuff, no podcast stuff. So Mike and I are going to be wrapping up this season of Survivor uh, talking. <laughs> I know. I, well, I can't believe we have to talk about the insanity that happened on Survivor. I like uh, my I'm so nervous that Drag Race finale will go the same way. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> Kahana Montrese comes back from the jury. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um anyway mike and i are going to be talking about that with eric stein uh which i am super super stoked about so please look for that we're going to be recording a little later um so it might be out in your uh, podcast feed a little later but uh yeah definitely look out for that it should be it should be a really fun funny show yeah, I'm still trying to figure out if this was some sort of collective fever dream with the three hours that we experienced. And frankly, I'm still trying to nail down my thoughts as to what the hell we just watched. Eric is a great expert on this, considering how much he is into just the ridiculousness of reality TV in general. So it should be a lot of fun. Speaking of Survivor, I also started up my coverage of Survivor South Africa with the great Shannon Gates, Juliana, you spoke to to preview the cast. Now we got to see this cast in action and Shannon and I did a two hour sit down about this two hour premiere which was a lot of fun so be sure to check that out in the international survivor feed i'm also covering the amazing race with rob and jessica lee's gabby have you been watching the reality show invasion edition of the amazing race yes oh my god for the first time since i've been like 12 i am watching it <laughs> that's, that's the story i've been hearing with a lot of people i know we only had like four episodes so far but uh what have you thought about your revisit to the amazing race franchise Oh my God. Yikes at the survivor teams. Like not, we don't look good, but they, it's so funny. I forgot how funny the show was like the one, the episode where Rupert got eliminated and was like yelling at the elephant. I was laughing so hard. Brett and Chris are so funny. Sorry to Corinne and Eliza. They, they were really entertaining for the short time they were on. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it, And which I'm like, shoot, do I have to become an Amazing Race fan now? Like, do I have to keep watching it? Because it's actually really good. Would, would you ever go on Amazing Race, Gabby? You know what? I think I, I think I would, but I would be horrible at it. I'd be, I would be eliminated so quickly. But like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of other Survivor stuff as well, looking ahead to season 39, so I can reveal, as I did on social media a couple days ago, I actually went out on set for Survivor 39 to do some preseason press for Parade.com. And given the big theming of the season, uh, I put out a couple of pieces right at the end of season 38 to sort of whet everyone's appetites. I did a quick uh, breakdown of the Island of the Idols twist with Jeff Probst. And Josh Wiggler actually posted this on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, he and I took a trip to the Island of the Idols together and talked with Boston Rob and Sandra, which the words escaping my mouth are still too ridiculous to say even a couple of months after the fact. So be sure to check all that out. There'll be sure to more to come in the coming months. Quick social media update. So the RuPaul's Drag Race Instagram released four pictures. Are you team whoever? So let me give the numbers here. Team Evie, 152,000 likes. <gasps> Whoa. Team Brooklyn, 135,000 likes. That's a lot of likes. Here's a bit of a drop off. Just a smidge. Team Akiria. 46.3 thousand likes. Ugh. Silky Nutmeg Ganache, 41.9 thousand likes. 
So we'll see. I feel like, you know, since All-Stars 2, these have not been really counted at all when it comes to the final adjudicating. But it's always interesting to take the pulse of the Internet populace and to see how far those two are out in front from the other two is super interesting. Uh, Also, just to give an idea of like users on Instagram versus Twitter. So Evie has the most likes for her tweet. That's like, are you team Evie? And it's only twenty eight thousand. That's crazy. It's so it's Evie, then Brooke has 14,000, then Akira has 3.6, and then Silky has 1.3. So similar trends, like same direction, just a magnitude difference. So we'll we'll see if we uh, heart this finale or if the ratio will turn out to be much more than we bargained for. So again, oh. Wait, one other thing. Sorry, I just want to point out some of the other lyrics that I, I'm just looking at my notes from this song. The lyrics mashing you like an Idaho potato, whipping you up like a space tornado. <laughs> Which, what? Uh, by the way, they're RuPaul's lyrics. Those are not any of the Queen's lyrics. Those, Yeah, those are RuPaul's lyrics, which I keep mishmashing together in my head, much like a potato of like mashing you <laughs> like a space potato. And so I don't also know what that means, but I'm sorry. I just really had to mention it before you wrap things up. Well, what is a space tornado? Because there's What's no space th- potato. There's no wind in space. Space potato. Don't you, you can, like grow potatoes in space? Can you? I've seen the Martian. Yeah, right. I don't know. Hydroponic or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a space tornado. That's a good point. There's no. Yeah, there's no wind in space. <laughs> Unless I guess RuPaul can cause wind to appear wherever she she appears. She's gone with the wind. Fabulous. Uh, unlike the Vivian Lee dress that that Vanjie yeah. was wearing. <laughs> So we'll be back next week. Liana, Brent, and myself, the original panel. It'll be just family back together for the first time in quite a while to break down this season. And again, two weeks. We will be off next week, but we'll be back two weeks to recap the finale. Gabby, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, Cannot wait to see where this goes. Let us know all your thoughts as well. Which team are you? What do you think about the finale? What are you predicting? Etc. Let us know online. We're more than happy to entertain discussion in these two weeks before the finale comes about. We finally put a bow on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. Thank you all so much for listening. You may sashay away. Bye! At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's Noble Gold Investments. Dot com.